Welcome to Bible Study. Presented by Bishop James Long and sponsored by the United States Old Catholic Church. And now your host, Bishop James Long. So we uh, appreciate everybody being here. Uh, my friends there on TikTok was just having a, a conversation about uh, my 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 lipstick that I that I wear. Folks, you're not supposed to be paying attention to my lips. <laughs> you're not supposed to pay attention to the lips. You're supposed to be paying attention to the the Bible study. Um, anyway, uh, I guess uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Huh? Come on. Um, no, Celine Dion, really demonic. I, I you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, uh, to me, I just, I, I, it's not my place to judge anybody or what Celine Dion believes and what she doesn't believe. I don't know. Well, hello. Well, thank you for the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Maybe that a red, maybe, maybe the red nose, someone just put a, a little red a reindeer thing with a red nose. Maybe that'll match my ruby lips. Does it match it? Does it does it pop my lips out? <laughs> oh my goodness! It's already started. It's already started. Okay. Well, I well I love you right back, Mary. Thank you all. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys being here, um, folks. Uh, so I'm Bishop James Long with the United States Old Catholic Church, and I appreciate all of you guys being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, a couple things. Uh, if you want to know a little bit about the who I am, just go to my website, bishopjameslong.com. There it is, bishopjameslong.com. <laughs> the rubiest lips I've ever seen. Uh, hey, honestly, these are not, these are my lips, folks. There's no there's no lipstick. I, these are my lips. My God, what is it? I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not eating popsicles. I'm not eating anything red. These are my lips. Man. You you would think, but as many people are looking at my lips, that I'd have a a, a a a line full of people knocking on my door, wanting to go on a date with me or something. For my goodness, gravy. <laughs> uh, what can I do? What can I do? Um, okay. Uh, so anyway, bishopjameslong.com. dot com. That yeah, I know that is the website. And of course, if you want to go to the uh, no 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 Annabelle. And if you want to go to the church's website, go to usocc.org. Okay, and there we go. Now, let me just tell everybody a couple things. Uh, Miss Wilma uh, is is sick, and uh, of course now Miss Wilma can't call in. She's really really sick today. Uh, she's been sick for a while. She has COVID, so um, she 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 is a sick. She's a sick. This is a poor little thing. I told her I'd come over to her house and give her a shot. And she's still like, I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't know what I'd give her a shot with, but I'll, I'll give her, I'll find the biggest needle, the biggest needle that I can find, the biggest needle. And I would give her a shot. I don't know why she hasn't uh, taken me up on that. I don't know what the deal is, uh, but she hasn't. Uh, but anyway, she's really, really sick. So uh, definitely, if you want, please keep Miss Wilma in your thoughts and prayers uh, and, and all those 
Yeah, she has COVID. Yeah, she has COVID. And she's, um, she's coughing her, you know, her lungs out. And uh, poor thing. So she's just, you know, just one of those things. Uh, so, well, thank you very much, Gary. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, certainly uh, say some prayers. Uh, and I, 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 I appreciate that. And so would she. Um, and, all, and everybody, and there's so many people who are sick now with the upper respiratory illnesses going on. My goodness, it is crazy. It is crazy uh, with, uh, you know, this people are, a lot of people have COVID and the flu. Uh, there's a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks who, who are just sick. So just keep all those, all those folks in your thoughts and prayers. I, be, I absolutely believe in thoughts and prayers. So uh, if Miss Wilma is watching, no, Miss Wilma, I'm sorry, you can't call in. Besides, you wouldn't be able to hear her because she is really doesn't sound good. Miss Wilma, turn the iPad off. And go to bed. Take your cough medicine and go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, she's 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 struggling. She's struggling. But okay, um, the family in Michigan. Uh, um, that's a pretty darn. That was a pretty darn violent uh, situation. Um. Yeah, what they endured was 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 pretty horrible, uh, and and one one hundred percent legitimate. So that's been taken care of, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for your thoughts and prayers to the family uh, in Michigan. Uh, I spoke to them today, and uh, they are reporting that it's quiet. There's nothing. Uh, interacting with her children. The children are not responding to anything. Uh, it's very, very quiet. They still smell the, uh, the incense. So, um, everything is good. Everything is good. And and they get to spend, you know, they get to spend Christmas in their home. So thank God for that. You know, truly that that's, um, the people I can't, I mean, they were, they're good people, really, really good people, and they're they're not big paranormal fans at all. Uh, and, um, and I will tell you this: it started with the Ouija board, and um, the family is allowing me to tell a little bit, not divulge everything because of the privacy, and I wouldn't do it anyway to them. But um, a twelve-year-old just had her friends over, and they were just you know have a sleepover, and they. Uh, they you know played with played with the Ouija board and did something that they shouldn't have done, and and then that's when they had a lot of activity. So uh, everything is taken care of. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very very happy about that. Uh, the evidence that that was captured was pretty aggressive, very aggressive, and I know now why the children were so terrified, uh, because we 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 have some evidence there of. Uh, some real serious uh, activity. So, anyway, um, that has been taken care of, and I'm and we're, there. We go. So, uh, that is a that's a blessing, I think, for everyone. Um, well, lost wolf on nine one one. I I have no idea why you're here, but uh, uh, I, I just push the button to start, and the people will show up and there we go tonight by the way let me just remind everybody well thank you very much thank you thank you thank you um remind i'm going to remind everybody tonight is bible study okay so i I, i'm pretty strict about that sundays and wednesdays 
this 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 is this is Bible study, and um, and I just I just want to make that clear to everybody. So we'll we'll have our show this Friday. We're going to have our paranormal show this Friday, and we're going to talk about Krampus, the legend of Krampus. That'd be pretty. That'd be a pretty interesting show. We're also going to have Bible study on Christmas Day at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um. Well, when I say real serious activity, um, we there, there's been ca- we captured growls. Uh, there was the smell of sulfur. Religious objects were desecrated. Uh, it, the, we heard bangings in the walls that were pretty violent. Uh, pretty much everything that the family reported, we were able to validate, and so uh, it was it was a very violent case. So, but we're good. And um, the family is good, and there we go. So again, I just remind people, please, please, please remember, uh, we don't do paranormal tonight. I just wanted to give everybody an update on the family because you've been asking, uh, and I've just been so busy I haven't been able to tell everybody. So the family's at home. Uh, I've spoke to them. It's quiet, and they're happy. So that's that's a win. That's a win. Um, okay. Let me remind everybody, of course, on TikTok uh, and everybody else on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever, wherever you're listening to, the, to this presentation or watching it. The only thing that we ask of people is please be kind, be courteous, respect each other. So you, someone may not believe what you believe, and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we just ask that everybody is, is, is kind and respectful to everyone's right to believe in what they wish to believe in. Everyone, everyone is welcomed here. Everybody, and so a couple rules: we just we don't spam. We don't attack people. We don't use curse words here. Uh, and again, this is not paranormal night, so no questions. Any anything related to the paranormal? Nope, 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 nope. Well, uh, welcome, Chris, and I appreciate you bring, and I appreciate all everybody be here. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, so I appreciate. Yeah, I've already talked to guys. Um, look, uh, we're, we're moving on. Uh, I've already addressed the the whole thing about that. We're moving on. So here we go. All right. I'm taking the readings. Let me remind you, I'm taking the readings for this Sunday. Okay, so just be aware of that. Today's uh, Bible study. The readings are for this Sunday for the for the dawn mass. All right. Our first reading so that you can get your Bibles out. It's not very long at all. It's actually very, very fast. Isaiah chapter 62, verse 11 through 12. I guess that's one of the reasons why I have this right here. You guys can't see it on TikTok. It says love. It's a neon sign that says love. You guys can see it there on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But that's what we are. You know. Well, I appreciate that, Joey. And love you right back. Appreciate you being here. Um, yeah, again, no demonic names. Just be kind. And thank you very much for the likes on TikTok. And thank you very much, uh, moderators, for being here. All right, Isaiah chapter 62, uh, verses 11 through 12. All right, two verses. And I take the readings for the Catholic Sunday Mass, in case you're interested. Again, for this Sunday. It says here, See, the Lord proclaims to the ends of the earth, Say to daughter Zion, your Savior comes. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called 
frequented, a city that is not forsaken. And if we are at Mass, we'd say the word of the Lord. That's it. It's, it's that simple. Um, it's not, you know, not, not, not a long reading at all. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about this so that you can get a better understanding, and then we can kind of go from there. How's that? Um, this Sunday, again, because that's what the readings are, again, for this Sunday, this Sunday's Mass is sometimes called the Shepherd's Mass in the Catholic Church. You see, in ancient times, pilgrims to Bethlehem, it actually celebrated Midnight Mass at the site of the Nativity. That would be beautiful. Uh, at the church built over the cave where Jesus was born. Wouldn't that be, that would, that would just be amazing. Um, yeah, it is, because I, I decided to use the Dawn, but, but I did I did update them. I did update the um, on uh, on TikTok. Uh, on, on the, the the mass reading that we'll be doing. Um, okay, and, and by the way, and then they returned to Jerusalem. So they, they arrived at dawn and celebrated another mass at the church of um, St. Anastasia, which is, um, it means a resurrection in Greek. The dawn, because this is from the dawn's mass, D-A-W-N, uh, reminded them of the resurrection as well as the dawning of the Son of God. So our responsorial psalm, which we don't do, a refrain is, a light will shine on us this day. The Lord is born for us. So Christ's light comes to us. It basically appears through baptism. That's in the second reading that we'll be covering today. Uh, So we, we need to ponder the glorious message, as Mary did after the shepherds left. Okay? Well, well, yeah, and thank you. Yeah, thank you for subscribing. For those of you who are on TikTok, I sincerely appreciate that. Thank you very much, very, very much. Um, <clears throat> yes, uh, Mac, uh, the family is is taken care of, um, and um, they're good to go. They're good to go. Okay, so let me break this down, this particular reading, uh, so you can get an understanding. Uh, and remember, as in the Christmas vigil, the first reading, Isaiah looks forward to God's breaking the silence for, for many years. You see, in this reading, we hear the anticipated joy when this event occurs. This is why when I, um, no, look, the people are asking about the weight loss, uh, folks, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, I, I walk five miles every single day. I, I, I don't eat sugar. I, I stay away from carbs. I eat healthy protein. And I drink Lots and lots of water. So I have this water here, and then I have this big old bottle here. Uh, I drink about 12 of these a day. So water is very important. Number one, it keeps your skin hydrated. That's very important. It keeps you hydrated, um, and it keeps you healthy. And also, uh, you just um, I stay away from the, the, the sugars and carbs. But I, I walk. I walk. Uh, how do you find the motivation? Because I'm on the weight loss journey, Lost Wolf 911. I tell you why. Uh, because I used to be morbidly, super morbidly obese. Uh, I know this has nothing to do with a Bible study, but people really are struggling with their weight. So let me just, this is a very, just, a, just as important. I used to be 420 pounds. Let that sink in for a moment. 
400. People say, no, you didn't. You're lying. You're lying. You never were that. I can't believe people would think that I would lie about that. All they got to do is go on, look on Ghost Adventures or go, go on tra- Travel Channel Live uh, or Exorcism Live on the Travel Channel. You can, you can, well, I was on there with Chip Coffee in 2015. You can see I, I was 200, I was 420 pounds. Um, but I've talked, I've, I've talked about this before uh, there. People are sending me messages. You were not, you were not. Well, here you go. There's four, 420 pounds. That's what it looks like right there. Um, it's a lot of work. You, you have to change your entire life. Everything has to change. And, and so, uh, the reason is, uh, Bishop, how do you find the motivation? Because I will not, ne- because I've been super morbidly obese. And I'm not ever going to do that again. Because I know what life is like when you're that heavy. And it's not a joke. It's not funny. You know, people are sending me, uh, keep in mind, I have two computers running. This computer's on TikTok, and this computer's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and Spreaker. I have people sending me messages on Messenger, and, you know, laughing and calling me. Uh, being morbidly obese is not funny. There's nothing funny about it. Uh, it's very, very unhealthy. And I, I decided it's, I've got to stop what I'm doing. If I'm going to be around, if I want to be around for a lot longer, then I've got to make the changes. And because I know what life is like. Let me tell you something. When you're 420 pounds, when you're 420 pounds, as I was, when you go to Walmart and the only thing that fits are socks, you know what life is like. Or God forbid, if I if a family needed my assistance, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how because 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 the airplane seats are getting so small that now you have to be a small person to fit in them anyway, because they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I know what it's like to have an anxiety issue, anxiety attack. Oh my God, I got to go to this place, this place. Now I got to find out. Uh, I got to go to seatguru.com and find out how wide the seats are because 15 inches, I ain't going to fit in it. Now I can. But back then, when I was 420 pounds, I, can't, I couldn't fit in a 15 inch seat. There's no way. There's no way I could. So these are, these are the things that you think about when you're at 420 pounds. I'll never, I'll never, I will never do that. So I know what it's like. So that's my motivation. My, mo- yeah, or, 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 or to have to have a, an extension uh, on, uh, for a seatbelt extension. Yep, 420 pounds. So that, that's, you know, it's not a good number when you, when you look at the scale and you see 420 pounds. That's not a good number at all. It's a very unhealthy number. Very dangerous number. So my motivation is when I when I don't when I feel my body is hurting and I don't want to go out and do my five miles, I'll look at myself at four hundred. I'll look at my old pictures at four hundred twenty pounds. I say, nope, I'm going. How did I get so big? Um, I, I absolutely, as an exorcist, uh, I will always live under the stage of oppression. The, the demonic will always, always do everything and anything that it can to stop me from the ministry. 
And so I, I, when I, I got stressed or when I was happy or when I was bored or lonely or whatever it might have been, I went to sweets. And the demonic amplified that times 100. And so I was going to sweets all the time for anything and everything. And so that's, that's why. Okay, so we just keep pushing. Um, uh, that is what, uh, you have any advice for my son, Christian? He's in college to be a Baptist. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, do you have any uh, advice for my son who, who is in, um, oh gosh, what does it say? He's in college to be a Baptist preacher. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I would say the advice is the closer you get to God, you got to know this. The closer you get to God, the harder the devil works against you. And as he grows closer to God uh, through saying yes to God's uh, call to be a Baptist preacher, or any preacher for that matter, he has to know that the devil's going to work over time. And so therefore he has to stay very dedicated and motivated. And so and I tell the seminarians this at the, in the church, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot of haters. My goodness, uh, on, on TikTok, I'm called everything but my name by some people. And some, some things are very vulgar, but they, they don't realize that that is actually the demonic leading them through temptation to say horrible and nasty things. And they're actually participating in demonic activity. And it will come at, 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 at every angle. I have been called everything but my name by other clergy because I help the paranormal community. And I've been doing it for over 20 years. Seriously, I've had clergy say some terrible things behind my back. Terrible things to other clergy members. I'm, we're talking God-awful stuff. Lies. They blatantly spread lies because I helped the paranormal community. Because when I was starting, there was no paranormal, there was no Catholic clergy helping the paranormal community. There was none. I was there. I was the very first Catholic clergy to go public with my ministry to help the paranormal community. The very first one. It was me and Father Andrew Calder. So you just have to keep pushing through. You just have to keep pushing through. And you can't, that's why I always tell you, at, 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 the, end of, at the end of every single presentation, I always tell you, your value does not decrease based on someone's inability or refusal to see your worth. You're priceless and never let anybody tell you otherwise. That's why I always end it with that. Because just because someone calls you something, that, that is a reflection on them. It's not a reflection on you. So if you have a calling to serve in ministry, do it. God will guide you. You just have to be brave. And your first step is saying yes to God, and he will help. Now, he's not going to do everything for you. God's not going to do—you have to— you have to work, you know. Um. <laughs> well, I appreciate that Facebook user. Thank you very much. I, boy, sorry, for those of you who have no idea, uh, I don't know. It says Facebook user says, I have to confess, behind your back, I have from time to time referred to you as Bishop Sexy. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness, gravy. Now, I tell you what, we have people talking about my red, my red lips and— um, and now Bishop Sexy, woohoo! Life is good. I tell you, keep them coming. What these are the greatest Christmas presents ever? Uh, Luscious lips and Bishop Sexy. All right now, come on now. <laughs> okay, all I got to do is just uh, start moving and pass the plate around, and then break my hip because I'm trying to dance. 
Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know who this is because it's face. It says Facebook user. You know who? You know who this is? No, because it says because on your name, uh, it, it says it just says Facebook user. It doesn't give your name. So I I don't know, but uh, you can Sean. Oh Sean. Oh Sean. Well, I wonder why it doesn't say your name. Okay, <laughs> but that makes sense. Coming from you, Sean. Uh, he's a seminarian. He's in big trouble now. Big trouble now. Extra extra homework for for Sean. All right, let me break this reading down for everybody because I kind of got sidetracked, but that naturally happens when you are naturally blind. Isaiah 62, verse 11 through 12. Here it is. And I'll get to your questions on the top of the hour, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I promise you. I, I promise you. I'll get to your questions. I really will. Okay, it says, See the Lord proclaims to the ends of the earth, say to daughter Zion, your Savior comes. Well, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Zion, it's, it's another name for Jerusalem. Okay, so recall that the city is built on two mountains, with a temple being on Mount Moriah. Okay, and by the way, uh, starting in January, this is important, if you, if you want to learn about Revelation, I did like, a, I think it was a six-month class on Revelation. I'm going to start that again in January. So you need to be there. And I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody know when, uh, what, Jan, what, what they were going to start. But I go by verse by verse to explain everything to you. Okay. And it says this, here is his reward with him. His recompense before him, they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called frequented, a city that is not forsaken. And by the way, seminarians, that would be required because that would be your next class. Uh, some translations, by the way, say uh, it, it's, uh, they say sought out or sought after rather than frequented. Um, these lines have, have really caught the spirit of the Feast of Tabernacles and especially the joy of the glorious possession on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, on the first night, the temple area was brightly illuminated by lamps and torches. So men of piety and good deeds used to dance uh, before the procession, which brought the lamps and torches and, and singing songs and praises. Pretty cool, but um, this, uh, this man of piety is not going to do any type of liturgical dance for you today or any other day because I would literally break my hip right here, right now, if I tried. Just saying. Um, yeah, we can do Genesis one day. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. That is um, that is our first reading. Our second reading is almost just as short. So it's Titus. Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Oh, yeah. My dreams May Come is a great movie. Uh, Titus chapter three, verses four through seven. <laughs> Come on, do your dance. Oh no. I mean, literally my dance, my dancing days are over. I don't think they've ever started. Uh, Titus uh, chapter three, uh, verses uh, four through seven. Thank you very much, Megs. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of time to open your uh, Bibles or your app. <clears throat> oh, good. I'm not freezing up on your end. Good, good, good. So Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. All right? So let's get the, let's head on over to your Bibles and open it up, and we're going to get going. 
Okay. Yeah, we can get a hip. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Long's my sister in there. She said we can get a hip replacement together. Oh, that would be interesting. I would break mine if I try to dance. Okay, beloved, when the kindness and generous love of God, our Savior, appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. That's it. And if we were at Mass, we'd say the word of the Lord. Uh, that Again, these readings are not, um, these readings are not uh, a long, uh, but they're to a point. And we'll get to that when I do my homily. A homily, by the way, is the same thing as a sermon. Uh, so a lot of people don't, uh, don't know that. And again, thank you very much. For those of you who are liking this video on TikTok, we're at 41,000 likes on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday evening. And I, I really, truly appreciate that. Thank you all. Yep. Thank you for following as well. For those of you on TikTok, if you're following, thank you. And for those of you subscribing, thank you. And also, uh, yeah, we'll do a blessing uh, before, we, uh, before we leave tonight. I want to remind everybody, make sure you go to my YouTube channel because I'm going to start a new series there and it's only going to be on YouTube. And uh, it's very simple. Just go to bishopjameslong.com, scroll down to where you see social media links, and just click on the YouTube, and it takes you right there. Make, you, make sure you subscribe, uh, because you're only going to be able to see these new series there. They won't be airing anywhere else, okay? All right, and remember, I'll get to your questions at the top of the hour at 9 p.m. Eastern. I promise, guys. Okay, Titus, chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. Let me explain this a little bit before we break this down. Uh, St. Paul wrote this letter to Titus. Now, somebody's saying, well, who? Who's he? Well, he's the Bishop of Crete. And um, uh, where can I, let's see, Bishop, I've recently been introduced to God and Jesus, and I don't have a Bible. Where can I get one? And is it one book or multiple? Lost Wolf um, uh, 911. Well, that's a good question. Now, there's a lot of uh, King, there's, well, okay, if you want to go to the dollar store, the Dollar Tree, the Dollar Tree has, usually they always have lots of copies of the King James Version uh, of the Bible there. Now, the, the, there's a difference between the Catholic Bible and the Protestant Bible, uh, because we have more books um, in, in the Protestant Reformation that was changed. So we have more books uh, in, in Scripture. Now, uh, I personally... I, I like the, the new revised standard version. It's the Catholic edition. People ask that all the time. Well, what Bible do I, what Bible do I like? It's the new revised standard version, uh, the Catholic edition. Now, uh, by the way, Lost Wolf 911. Um, yeah, and Jennifer said, my sister said, if they go to Goodwill, they'll even give you a Bible. Uh, and, and it's probably King James Version. Now, Sh- Shannon, my, our sister there, um, she told me about a fantastic app. So Lost Wolf and anybody else, the app is called Blue Letter Bible app. Now, and they have all kinds of versions, all the, the different interpretation. They have the King James, they have the New Revised Standard Version, the Catholic Edition. They have all kinds. So uh, download, the, it's free. Download Blue Letter Bible app. Okay, um, Blue Letter Bible that's what it's called. Three words, blue letter Bible. 
And um, it is a great, it is a fantastic app. And by the way, for those of you who want to know um, the abbreviation, uh, like King James Version is KJV. That's the, that's the abbreviation for King James Version, Bible. Uh, if you need to know the um, abbreviation for the Bible that I use and, and the Catholic Church, it's NRSV dash CE. I'll put that in here in the, ch- in the chat room. NR. S V dash or slash whatever C E C E means Catholic edition. So there it is. Uh, that and again that stands for the New Revised Standard Version. That's the N S or N R S V and then slash C E. Okay. So there you go. But, but I would download uh, the Blue Letter Bible app. Okay. So anyway. Um, so as I was saying, St. Paul wrote this letter to Titus. And remember, he was the, the, the bishop of, uh, of Crete yeah, around the year 66 while he was in Macedonia. Now, it contains a series of rules and recommendations for the good government of the young community, uh, whose members mostly were of Gentile background in, in, uh, in Macedonia. Well, I'm sorry, uh, where Bishop of Crete was. In our reading today, we hear of the change in humanity uh, brought about by the coming of Christ. So before his, his coming, all humanity, both Jews and Gentiles, was in a deplorable state. Now there is hope for the Christian. No matter who you are, Jew, Jew or Gentile, now there's hope for everyone. Okay? So that's what we're talking about. Um. Okay, Arlene says um, she has a Blue Letter Bible on her app, but she also used Bible Hub on a computer. Both are really good. There you go. So there's another one, guys, for you. Uh, there's Blue Letter Bible app, and then there's Bible Hub. Uh, I don't know what Bible Hub. I have not downloaded Bible Hub, but I think I probably will. Um, Arlene is a friend of mine, and I, I trust Arlene there. So uh, I'm going to look into this Bible Hub. But I, I do love, I love the Blue Letter Bible app. So Bible Hub, there we go. Now there it is right here. Okay, uh, for those of you, it says Bible Hub. No, yeah. there it is. Well, it's pretty good because uh, it's it looks like it's free and there's eighty thousand and it's five stars. So there we go. So Bible Hub, everybody. That's another one you can download, as well as the Blue Letter Bible app. Well, thank you, uh, Arlene. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lost Wolf, don't forget, Blue Letter Bible App and Bible Hub. There we go. Um, I, You know, I don't talk to Bar. I, I would love to chat with Bob Larson. I've never, I have not had the opportunity to, to meet him, uh, but I certainly would love to. People ask me all the time, uh, you know, do I think this person is an exorcist and can this person be an exorcist? Uh, folks, I'm not the exorcist police. There are exorcists in, in, in different denominations. And... Uh, I, I'm not competitive with any of them, with none of them. It's not my job to say, well, you're a fraud, you're a fraud, you're fake, you're real, you're real, you're not. That's not my job. That's not my place. Uh, actually, I have friends from all walks of life uh, that are that are exorcists from different denominations, and we actually love to chat with one another and share our thoughts and experiences um, because I, I think that's very, very healthy. Very, very healthy. So I, I've, I'm not uh, met Bob Larson, but I certainly would love to. I would love to sit down and chat with him and, and share stories and experiences and go from there. So 
Well, congratulations. Oh, you got me. You got uh, Corey for Christ says I got me a PS5 for Christmas. Well, look at you, Corey for Christ. All right. You go. You go. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm getting very, very, very distracted here on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. Here we go. All right. So let me just break this down into verse by verse. It says here, Beloved, when the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared. So in other words, what Paul is saying in this sentence, Christ came as God the Father's instrument. Not because of any righteousness deeds we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So what is Paul saying? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for being here. Uh, uh, T minus Texas. Uh, Okay. Paul's referring to the sacrament of baptism. It brings about new life. It's a regeneration through water and the Holy Spirit. By the way, people have been asking me, um, Bishop, do, can, can I, I'm a baptized uh, Christian. Uh, it, I have a legitimate sacrament. In other words, they baptize me, a pastor, whomever baptized me, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And they, and they ask me, well, can I baptize my loved one? Yes. The answer is yes, you can. And that's Roman Catholic uh, canon law as well, as well as the old Catholics. You can most certainly baptize uh, your loved ones. Uh, If you are a validly uh, baptized Christian uh, in which the the pastor or whomever baptized you uh, with what's called the Trinitarian formula, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then you are validly baptized, and you most certainly can baptize uh, your loved ones. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so it says here uh, in verse 6, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Savior so that we might be justified by his grace. Uh, Annabelle, I am on um, Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. Okay. I found you, Bishop James Long, YouTube page. Uh, is, that the, is that the right one? I subscribe to it. Well, Diane, uh, if you just go to Bishop James Long, if you just go to bishopjameslong.com and scroll down to where, uh, like in the middle, it says uh, social media, whatever. Uh, if you just click on the YouTube, it takes you right to the page, right to the page, and uh, just subscribe. Well, you don't, ahead of, you don't have to be baptized as, as a child. If you were baptized as an adult, uh, that's fine. Uh, you can, and if you are baptized with someone saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you too can baptize others. Uh, and you saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's very important to make sure you do that. Uh, how long does it take to become a trained priest? Uh, eight years. So I studied in the Roman Catholic priesthood for six. I received my minor orders of acolyte and reader. Uh, I stu- it takes four years of undergraduate to get your bachelor's, and then four more years of graduate school. So I I studied six years. I have my bachelor's, and then I had uh, two more years uh, of graduate school. And then uh, that's when I joined the old Catholic Church. So um, so where do you get baptized? Well, I mean, a loved one can baptize you in your home. Uh, They can, uh, there's several outlets. Uh, I wish, I I would, Hetty, I would love to baptize you. I, I would love to baptize anybody who yeah, I wish. Um, well, we'll talk about that in just a second. Let me let me finish this, and we'll we'll, we'll discuss this. Okay, 
So again, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace. By the way, for Paul, the process of justification begins in God, who is upright and who justifies the sinners as a result of what Jesus had done for humanity. So Jesus' perfect sacrifice for all humanity has opened heaven and allows us to stand before God to be judged on our merits. Again, understand that heaven is not about, um, heaven, uh, you can't earn heaven. It's not like a paycheck. Christ allowed heaven to be open to us. But we, if we're going to be a Christian, then we have to follow Christ's rules. Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then finally, Paul says, and become heir, and heirs in hope of eternal life. So inheritors of the kingdom of God. Paul also says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 through 17. You know, you can talk about inheriting whatever, you know, whatever you have on this world, in this earth. But the inheritance that we get, whatever it might be uh, from, uh, from this world, doesn't even come close to the inheritance that we will have when we breathe our last breath here and we enter into heaven. Now that, that is an inheritance that I, I cannot wait for. Cannot wait. I like to stick around here for a little bit because I have a lot more work to do. But, uh, but when, that, when that time comes, uh, I, I, I'm not, I, I have no fear. And neither should you. Neither should you. But I do ask that for many of us, we have to stop this beating ourselves up. We have to stop that. You're not your mistakes. That's not what defines you. What defines you is you acknowledging the fact that you've made mistakes and that you need a Savior to redeem you. And that luckily we have one that loves us unconditionally. So stop beating yourself up out there for the mistakes that you've made. Okay. I know sometimes it's harder to free. It sometimes it truly is. Sometimes it's much easier to forgive others than it is to forgive ourselves. But let me tell you something, and I want you to truly, truly understand this. You deserve the same love that you give to everyone else. You deserve the same love. And if you're not doing that, it doesn't mean you're selfish by loving yourself. You need to love yourself. But I think you, we got to give ourselves permission to say, you know what, I'm going to make mistakes. And, you know, I, I'm going to do it. it doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. But the fact that you acknowledge, the fact that you say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I feel bad about that. That's actually, that says something about you as a human being. Because it says that you can re reflect on the things that you've done. And that you, you say, yeah, I, sh I wish I, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I shouldn't have done, you know, that's actually very healthy. 
That's a healthy person. That's a person who's able to reflect on the actions that they've done and recognize the mistakes that they've made and also recognize that they need, we all need God. We all need that Savior to redeem us, to help us, to let us know it's going to be okay. That's good. That's healthy. It gets dangerous when you start doing terrible things and you're like, oh, oh well, pity. That's when it gets a little dangerous. So you, you really need to learn, learn. Yeah, and this, that shame and that guilt, like Heather was saying. Uh, a lot of Heather's saying, I've been struggling so much with shame and guilt. I want you to let that go. It doesn't mean you're giving an excuse. It doesn't mean you're excusing your behavior. That's not what that means. It just simply means that you made a mistake. But stop beating yourself up for those mistakes. It's, it's unnecessary. And don't. And don't. And again, you're not saying, well, what I did was right. And, and that's no. But if you feel guilt, if you feel shame. That's healthy. It's actually it's very healthy because you acknowledge the fact and I shouldn't have done that. I should have done something else. I should have done the right thing. And that's when you go to God. And you say, look, you know what I did. You know my heart. You know that what I, what I did was wrong. I'm asking for your forgiveness. Bam, it's done. Okay, you understand it's done. That's all God, that's all God wants from you. That's it. It is the fact that you've acknowledged what you've done was wrong. You ask for the Holy Spirit, the strength of the Holy Spirit, to guide you and to give you the strength that you need to keep going in life. And that's it, folks. Just Alice. Alice says, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to heaven. Yeah, I had yes you. Okay. Um, I see this a lot. I see this a lot. And I'm going to get into the gospel in a minute, but this is just as important. I'm going to ask everybody right now to do this. Those of you who are afraid that you're not going to heaven because of the mistakes that you've made, I want you to say, I do, after these statements. Do you reject Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty promises? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? His only Son, our Lord, was born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, died, was buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. Then I say to you, God, the all-powerful Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, has given us a new birth by water and Holy Spirit and forgiven all of our sins. May he also keep us faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Folks, if you're dealing with a guilty conscience, 
then I want you to go to prayer and I want you to place that heavy burden, place that burden at the feet of God. God's shoulders are much bigger than ours. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to send his Holy Spirit down upon you to fill your heart with love and confidence in knowing that you're forgiven. And then, be at peace. Let that go. Let that anxiety, let that weight go. I assure you, I, I, Scripture is filled with Jesus, even Jesus telling the, the prodigal son story, the lost coin, the lost sheep. Jesus constantly told us that when we return to God and we ask for forgiveness, it's done. And you need to just do that. Okay, <clears throat> so our gospel reading, everybody, is Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 20. So uh, if uh, the moderators there on TikTok would do me a favor and put that in there, let me just put that in, uh, I would certainly appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 15 through 20. All right. Uh, so if you can do that, I would appreciate that and we will get going. Let me just check this here. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm just checking something very quickly. Just bear with me if you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> all right. Sorry, I'm just checking something very quickly. Well, thank you very much for putting that in there. Okay. All right, just got to move the stuff around. Okay, Luke chapter fifth, uh, Luke chapter two. And uh, verse 15 through 20, let's go. Doing well, doing well. I'll, I'll get to your uh, questions here momentarily. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has been taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. And if we are at Mass, we say the Gospel of the Lord. Okay, let me explain this a little bit, and then we're going to break it down into uh, the verses. Uh, the birth narrative we hear in this gospel reading is very unique to Luke. Uh, the shepherds and the angels are not mentioned in the gospel according to Matthew and Mark and Luke. And, and by the way, uh, Mark and John have no infancy narrative at all. Uh, it's believed that Luke uses the shepherds to emphasize Jesus' relationship as a son of David, the king who had been a shepherd. Uh, there's also no doubt a contrast intended between the shepherds, which is the poor, the uh, uneducated, uh, ritually unclean, uh, and the leaders of Jerusalem. Okay, so let me just break this down into verse and explain it to you, and I promise you I'll get to your questions in just one second. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them to heaven, 
So in other words, the angels had appeared with the one angel who had announced the birth of Jesus. And remember in verses 9 through 13, these angels saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Uh, and then the shepherds said to one another, let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste. So in other words, there's no hesitation. The shepherds respond immediately to the good news. By the way, the Greek, which is translated here as thing, can also be translated as word. So it's interesting. So if we look at it, word, let us go then to Bethlehem to see this word that has been taking place. Why? Because the word was with God. The word is God. All right. Uh, so they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to, uh, to told them about this child. So the infant in the manger is a sign which the angel had told them to look for in verse 12. And this sign doesn't merely attest to the truthfulness of the angel's message. It bears out and exemplifies the message that Jesus is Savior. Because in verse 11, it says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Verse 18, all who had it were heard it were amazed by what had been told of, to them by the shepherds. So the shepherds told others, Mary and Joseph included, about the good news that they had seen and heard. And 19, and Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Now, what is, uh, what's, what's Luke trying to tell us here about this? Look, Mary did not possess full and complete knowledge about this event and its impact upon mankind. She was, she's not God. She's the model believer because she seeks to understand while being obedient to God. So, you, you know, it's amazing that sometimes people turn away from God because God doesn't explain himself to them because they don't have all the answers. Well, all the great saints in history, including Mary, Mary didn't have all the answers. But she was obedient to God. And keep in mind, Mary had a lot more to lose than you and me. Because as I said last week, remember, the law said that Mary was betrothed to, well, thank you very much, that's very important, uh, that Mary was betrothed to, to Joseph. And they were eventually to be wed. And Mary could not obviously be with another man during this, uh, uh, during her engagement, because, well, actually, it's more than engagement, it's actually betrothed, because, you know, if she had, that would be considered adultery. And in those days, uh, if a woman committed adultery, the penalty was she was to be stoned to death. So Mary had not been with any other men. She was a virgin. And then she becomes pregnant. That took enormous faith, enormous faith on Mary's part to say yes, knowing full well that men in those days could have stoned her to death. But her faith, that's why, that's why we don't, uh, people say, well, why do you worship Mary? We don't worship Mary. We venerate we respect, we honor Mary, and we should. She deserves at least that. 
And then finally, verse 20, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Okay. Um, yeah, a lost wolf is, that's a good point. A lost wolf is saying, um, uh, Luke, a lot of info about Jesus when he was a baby and an adult. But what about his teenage years? There really is, there's nothing written. Uh, and because uh, it, it was really... Jesus would have learned Joseph's, Joseph's trade as a carpenter. And, but Scripture just says that he, he, he remained obedient to his parents. Uh, now, the gospel, of course, the Gospel of Thomas, uh, which is considered a Gnostic gospel, uh, talks about Jesus' childhood. But it's not considered canonical because uh, it, talk, it, it says that when Jesus was a child— uh, a kid bumped into him, and he threatened to turn him to a frog. So uh, there's a lot of things in the gospel. Uh, Thomas like, um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, but okay, let me just uh, explain this, uh, my homily. And then um, what do I tell my friends who tell me Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married? Well, th- first of all, it's absurd uh, to even think that uh, because, uh, and I, here's what you tell them. See, first of all, you got to stop watching the, the YouTube videos because uh, you're obviously getting your information from people who have no training whatsoever uh, in Scripture. Um, number one, uh, Jesus, uh, people say, well, that the wedding at Canaan, that that proves that that was Jesus's marriage. Uh, nope, it does not. Actually, it proves just the opposite. Because remember, when they ran out of wine, Mary went to Jesus and said, look, we're, we're out of wine. You need to do something. And his response, well, what, what business of that is ours? Folks, if that was Jesus's wedding, it would have been his business because it would have been an absolute, complete and total embarrassment to run out of wine. Now, for some of you say, well, why? That, because remember, weddings were a long feast, sometimes a week long, maybe two weeks. And people traveled from long distances to get to these these festivals. And you got to remember that they didn't have cars. They traveled by foot or camel. And it took a long time to get to them. So these these festivities, they were long. And it would have been completely disrespectful to your guests for you to run out of wine. You just didn't do it. Culturally speaking, you didn't do it. So we know for a fact that that was not Jesus's wedding. Furthermore, uh, Josephus is a, a first-century historian writer. He was a, Jew, he was a Jewish writer, uh, and he writes about Yahshua of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. And lineage is very, very important. So, I, folks, it's 100% guaranteed, 100%, that if Jesus was married, Josephus would have absolutely 1 million percent would have placed that in the historical writings. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. And remember, Josephus was a Jewish, a Jewish historian. He was not Christian. So he didn't have any, you know, skin in the game, so to speak. So he, he was strictly historian. So there's nothing. There's nothing in historical documents, nothing at all, that says that Jesus was married. Because it would have shown that. It's, and it absolutely would have shown if he had children. But it doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist because Jesus was never married. So we know, historically speaking, there's nothing. And it would have put that. Okay, <clears throat> so let me give you my homily, and then uh, I'll get into some of your questions. 
You know, something is different about Christmas. I think I think perhaps maybe all all of us can agree to that in in, in some perspective, uh, some things aspects. You know, it, it's not the lights and presents and festive atmosphere that makes it different. Those things are the expression of the difference, not its cause. You see, even soldiers fighting in snowy mountains and empty deserts fill the difference. Even poor refugees fleeing from civil wars fill the difference, and they don't have. Uh, uh, Christmas trees or Christmas dinners or even a Christmas mass. Look, what is the difference? What is the secret heart of Christmas that, that touches even the Grinches and the Scrooges? It's the simple message that God sent us through the baby Christ by becoming a human being just like us, by becoming a helpless little child, baby, dependent solely on his parents. By coming down from the splendors of heaven in order to live a regular human life right in the middle of the pain, sorrow, justice, and injustice, and suffering of this fallen world. God was telling us something that every one of us desperately needs to hear. God was saying, I haven't given up on you. You know, we human beings have made a real mess of this beautiful world that God put under our care. But God has not given up on us. Look, ever since original sin darkened our minds and poisoned our hearts, we have all felt the sting of loneliness, regret, remorse, interior division. Truly, we've all sinned in one way or another, but still God hasn't given up on you or me. He is more powerful than the world's selfishness. His light is brighter than the darkest darkness. His love is firm and faithful like the mountains. His wisdom is deep and ever-flowing like the oceans. His goodness is endless like the sky. God has not given up on us, and he never will. That's why Jesus is called Savior. Today, this Sunday, in the city of David, the Savior is born for us. For us, for each one of us, because God has great hopes for all of us. Listen to this story. It's really pretty cool. If you've never heard this before, it really is neat. This history of Christmas is full of reminders that God doesn't give up, not on us, that his grace can transform tragedy into triumph. So one of the strangest, and it truly is, uh, is the, the Christmas truce in 1914. See, it took place on the bloody battlefields of World War I which had already become long lines of parallel trenches in Flanders and France. Between these trenches was a narrow strip called No Man's Land, filled with unburied corpses of soldiers uh, killed trying to storm the opposite trench. Well, No Man's Land was often no more than 70, 50, or even 30 yards in width. So by December 24th, 1914, both British and German soldiers had received a good number of Christmas care packages. The German soldiers even received small Christmas trees. They placed these little trees decorated with candles, you know, above the trenches. Then they began to sing Christmas carols. The British troops in the opposite trenches took a few pot shots, if you will, at the trees at first, but then they started listening to the carols and and actually giving a round of applause after each one of them. Soon the German soldiers started holding up improvised signs calling for a truce. 
you no fight, we no fight. And British units held up signs in response, Merry Christmas. By Christmas morning, the whole miles of no man's land was filled with uh, fraternizer. They were for, for like, like fraternity soldiers from both sides, laughing, singing, exchanging gifts, uh, addresses, postcards, finally being able to bury the dead. Some soldiers who were barbers before the war even set up shop, they set up shop and offered free haircuts. One German soldier who was a professional juggler put on a show for all of them. Some of the units organized the soccer games with helmets, with helmet sets on the grounds for goals. And according to the diary of a soldier from the 133rd Saxon Regiment, their game ended in the score of 3-2 with the Germans victorious. Literally, they were playing soccer with the French soldiers. Even against the orders of the senior officers, the truce lasted in some parts of the trenches until New Year's Day. It was as if just for Christmas. God wanted to remind the world that even in the middle of war, the most terrible scourge that sin has unleashed, God is present. Even when we give up on him by sinning, he never gives up on us. His grace can make the difference, and it does. Folks, God has not given up on you. You know, it's easy to say those words, but it's not always so easy to believe them. No matter how much, uh, you know, makeup we put on or how nice our clothes may be or how good we are at being the life of the party. When we are alone in our room and look deep into our souls, we know what's really there underneath all the appearances. We know our weaknesses. We know our failures, our sins. We know our regrets. Sometimes what we see is just so disturbing that we simply stop looking at ourselves in the mirror and, and keep ourselves distracted because you don't want to think about it. But today, and every day, God is saying that we do not need to be afraid because he has not given up on you. And he won't. Remember, that's why he, was, he wasn't born in a marble palace and laid in a crib lined with silk and velvet. Could he have been? Well, sure, he was God. He can do anything he wanted. That's why he chose to be born in a smelly, damp cave near Bethlehem. A cave full of moldy straw. A cave that shepherds use as a stable for their dirty sheep during storms. Maybe. Sometimes maybe our souls, we feel like our souls are like that cave. And we don't really believe that God's love can get in there. But pr let me tell you, Christmas proves that it can. He wants to come into that dark, smelly cave of our hearts and fill it with the light, the joy, the peace that will come from convincing us that he has not given up on us. And he wants to come not as a mighty warrior, but as a little baby. Because he wants us to hold him in our arms, to adopt him, to make him the companion of our lives. You know, that this is the good news that makes Christmas different. So today and every day, 
Let's thank God for not giving up on us. Let's promise him that from now on, with Jesus snuggled happily amid the smelly straws of our lives, we will trust him enough not to give up on ourselves. Do not fear death. If you have the love of Christ in your heart, and you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and you try your best to love your neighbor as yourself, then one day we will meet in paradise. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So there we go. That is the presentation, as uh, as we say here in, in Kentucky. I'll tell you what, Bob and Brent. Okay. Uh, what was that? Yeah, I, I do pray. Um, I absolutely pray the rosary. I think the, the rosary is a beautiful reason, a, a, a beautiful prayer. Um, I, I think so. And hopefully maybe some of you. I, I, matter of fact, I, my, I have a rosary here that someone gave me, a friend of mine. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I have it with me all the time. Uh, this is my rosary. And that's a, it's a Benedictine rosary. Isn't that beautiful? So yeah, I I, I absolutely love it. I I I I, I pray it, um, and it's 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 very special to me. Very very special. Uh, and yeah, someone is asking about the promises that Mary asked uh, or made uh, if you pray the rosary. And um, hold on, I gotta put this up here. Sorry, let me put. I gotta put this back because I don't want to. Because it's very very. The rosary, the, and I said, by the way, I have rosaries uh, online. Uh, so you can go to bishopjameslong.com and click on the store link. Um, the 15 promises that Mary said that if you pray the rosary, uh, she said, whoever shall faithfully serve me by, the, uh, by reciting the rosary shall receive signal graces. Uh, she said, I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. Uh, she said, the rosary will be a powerful armor against hell. And let me tell you something, it does. I will tell you that that's the God's honest, the 30 exorcism that I had performed. Once I, I, I put my rosary out and I start praying the rosary, the devil wants no part of it, no part of it at all. Uh, the fourth one is um, it will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls of the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men uh, from the love of the world and its vanities. It lift them um, uh, to the desire of eternal of eternal things, the good things, and that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. Uh, the fifth one is that those who recommend themselves to me by by reciting the rosary shall not perish. And whoever and six is whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly, apply himself to the consideration of its sacred mystery, shall never be conquered by misfortune. Um, seven, God, uh, whoever shall have a true devotion to the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. And eighth, and those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have their, during their life and their death, the light of God and plenitude of his graces. Uh, nine is I shall deliver from purgatory, uh, who has been devoted to the rosary. Ten is the faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. Eleven, you shall obtain all you ask of me by reciting the rosary. 
And 12 is um, all those who propagate, which means let people, let it be known. The Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. 13, I have obtained uh, from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have the intercessories, uh, intercessors, the entire celestial court during their life and death. 14, all who recite, recite the rosary, this, this is long, all who recite the rosary are my sons and daughters. And 15, devotion to my rosary is a great, a great sign of uh, predestination. So there we go. And nope, I will not repeat it. All right. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, that's fine. There, 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 are, there are some denominations that don't, and that's that's okay. But I do. Okay. Does the devil order demons to people, or do the demons just hang out until they're by? Uh, the, the, the demonic demonic entities know what they're doing. They know what their their point is. They know that uh, uh, they don't need to be ordered around because they know what the order is to destroy humanity at its at its at its core to cause us to uh, lead us into temptation to uh, to re- try to remove us from the grace of God by uh, blasphemy by us you know doing blasphemy or, or committing mortal sins yeah yeah you, you can get the rosaries anywhere hold on folks I gotta um, let me just do this yeah my eyes are just so dry because um, in Kentucky, we have, it is very, very dry. It's terrible. Allergies are really bad here in Kentucky. Or at least mine are. Um, okay. Yeah, one day we'll, we'll do that. But uh, we're not going to have, I'm not going to have a, uh, we're not going to do a, uh, maybe we'll do a class one day on the rosary. But not, not today because we have not, uh, I didn't advertise that. So, um yeah, it is. So, okay. I, I, I look. John is asking, oh, "What about if you're Lutheran? Should we pray the Rosary?" I, I, I encourage anybody to pray the Rosary. The rosaries are beautiful. Look, you can go online, Google why pray the Rosary. You can learn how to do it. Uh, it's not difficult at all. Uh, it, it is really is not. And um, I encourage you to. I encourage you to. Is it hot in Kentucky? Well, uh, it can be. It can be really, really humid. Um, so, yeah, it's it's um, it's it can be bad. Uh, but like today, of course, we're going to have that big old storm coming in. So, <clears throat> but I do it better than Google. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Very, very nice of you. Uh, it, look, it, it's a powerful prayer to God through His through His Mother Mary. Uh, it's a tradition. Uh, it, it's uh, I, I think it's a it's a beautiful prayer, or, or beautiful. To me, it's kind of a meditative uh, prayer. It's, it's quite beautiful. I mean, we meditate on the life of Christ, and uh, people say, "Well, uh, why are you asking Mar- Mary to enter? You know, do intercessory prayers?" Well, it's the same way. It's the same thing. Uh, that uh, you ask me to pray for you. So if you, if you say, Bishop Longlaw, I'm having surgery. Can you pray for me? Well, sure. That's all we do with Mary. You know, Mary, uh, again, Mary is not God. So, so again, folk, people are always asking me, then if you're going to have a problem with, uh, with Catholics asking Mary to intercede and pray for us, 
then you're going to have to stop asking people to pray for you. You can't attack Catholics because we pray for pray to Mary and ask her to intercede and to pray for us when you turn around and ask people to pray for you if you're sick. That's what we do. That's it. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, blizzard conditions in Minnesota. Nine says no. It's it's terrible. We're gonna we are going to um, we're supposed to. It's supposed to be the wind chilled here. Is mine? It will be. I think on Friday between minus uh, twenty and twenty five. So that is. Um, that's terrible. Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, John Paul said, Bishop Long, can I ask God? For, uh, uh, and my guardian angels intercede for me to help me with my eating habits and losing weight for myself. Let me just say this, and this was on a movie once, and this was a beautiful line, and it's true. You know, you can, absolutely, you can pray to God, and you can ask for his help if you're having problems with your eating habits, you're making bad decisions. But again, God doesn't just zap you with uh, the discipline that it takes. It's not going to happen. God doesn't zap you with it. If you if you pray to God for for patience, God does not just zap you with patience. If you ask for for uh, love, God does not just zap you with love. It does not. If you pray for if you God, please give me the gift of patience. Well, God's not going to just zap you with that. It's okay. There he is. No, God's going to place you, put put you in situations in which you will either choose to be patient or not. And that's how God works. It's not about God's going to zap you and do the work for you. It's not the way it works. So, uh, but but he will, God will absolutely give you the strength, but you ultimately have to do the work. Um, yeah, um, people are asking about the rosary. Would I, would I consider doing the rosary? Someone said, uh, seminarians have been asking me, but there was a seminarian, I think Bill was asking me about um, if I'd be willing to do a rosary. I don't know when. Uh, that's the problem. I, I don't know when I could do that. So I, that's the issue. So I just, I don't know. Um, yeah, my allergies are terrible right now. Well, well, well nice pudding. Thank you very much. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and Happy Holidays to you as well. Um No, I, the, okay, I understand what you're saying, uh, but here's a question. Uh, I was brought up to believe that a ritual of repetitive praying the rosary uh, was sacrilegious. What, uh, what would you say? I would disagree uh, because uh, Jesus taught us to pray the Our Father, and that's repetitive. So is that sacrilegious? I would say not. I would absolutely say not. And remember, the the, the rosary is... Uh, that is uh, biblical. You know, Hail Mary, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst the women. Well, that that's what the angel Gabriel said. So the high, the whole, that, it, when we look at the, the rosary, thank you very much, Michelle. When we look at the rosary, it's biblical. And that's where, um, oh, you didn't trust me. Yep, you can ask a question and I'll try to answer it. Keep in mind, folks, um, uh, I'm a bishop. Of the so bishops wear the purple. Uh, keep in mind, for those of you on TikTok, please don't get upset if I don't get to your question because I'm asking, I'm answering questions here, I'm answering questions here, I'm asking answering questions on Spreaker, and I'm asking questions on Facebook Messenger. 
So I'm being slammed with questions right now. So I try to do the best I can, you know, so just please understand. It's not because I'm ignoring you. I promise you I'm not. I'm not. And for those of you who are who have subscribed to the channel, thank you very, very much for that. I truly appreciate that. And I, I do try to follow everybody uh, who is back. And by the way, well, thank you very much, uh, uh, DAMG. Uh, tonight we have a uh, night prayer. Uh, night prayer is at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, if you want to go to night prayer, please join us. All you got to do is go to bishopjameslong.com. Okay, bishopjameslong.com. Scroll down to the very bottom where it says night prayer. Click on that big old picture, and it's on Spreaker. It's audio only, and it takes you right there. There you go. Simple simple as that. Uh, bishopjameslong.com, and click on it. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to uh, fit the club bros. I'm going to follow you back. Um, so there you go. I, I appreciate, uh, bishopjameslong.com and scroll down. I, I, I can't, I wish I could, I wish I could, uh, stream mass. I just don't, I don't have the, the technology for it. I just don't, uh, or the space. Uh, that's that, you know, that, that would be a real, I would love to, um, Keep in mind, see, with the old Catholic Church, um, with the old Catholic Church, what is that? Gosh, there's so many questions. Is it wrong uh, of me to feel that asking for prayers is selfish? Is that pride? No, um, you know, a lot of times we're told if you ask anything for yourself, you know, you're, you're being selfish, you're being self-centered. No, I, I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't, not at all. I think God absolutely wants you to go and, and present whatever it is that, you, that you're looking at asking for. But keep in mind, um, you know, we've we, we got to be careful about what we ask for. Because like I said last time, uh, when we go to God and say, oh, God, I, I need your help with finances, and I just, I'm struggling. And by the way, this is how you're going to do it. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to help me win the lottery. That's what you, that's the answer. Just let me win the lottery. Uh, that's a big no-no. Uh, that's a big no-no. So you can't go to God and say, I need you to help me with this. And this is how you're going to do it. Because that's more dictation rather than prayer. So, but no, you should not feel guilty at all by going to God and asking for what it is that you're asking for. Uh, any more that if you have children, you'd want them to do that to you. Uh, well, Bishop, uh, uh, well, why is uh, so why is Joseph not uh, in in scriptures more? Really, because um, the Bishop uh, Joseph was an elderly; he was older, much older than Mary. And so, um, when Je- when Jesus started his ministry, uh, Joseph is not mentioned uh, in scripture. So we we can assume that Joseph obviously passed away from when they found Jesus in the temple uh, teaching to Jesus beginning his ministry. So uh, that's really um, the, the belief there. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, MA9, I appreciate that. Uh, Joseph Arafat, yeah, one day we'll do that. Let me follow you there, nice pudding. You're a subscriber. Thank you for subscribing. Um yeah, Philippians four six for, for nothing be anxious but but everything in prayer, thanksgiving. Let your bequest be known to God. There we go. So yeah, I I think so. Uh, for those of you who are on Spreaker, I'm going to say good night to you, and I'll see you later on tonight for our Bible uh, for our night prayer. 